This may be one of my favorite conversations because there are so many things that I do not say well in it. You know, I thought thought that I would have something to add to this conversation. And what I found, which is why I enjoy having these talks in the first place, is that things that I thought I knew or could elaborate on, even before going into any of this with Nate and Angie, well, I'll just say that there is a lot that I've not thought about, and quite frankly, probably because I've just not had to think about them. Come with me on this conversation as I stumble my way through because there are so many great moments in it that hopefully will open your eyes even if you thought they were already wide open. All right, so here we are. Welcome, everyone. Hello, Hello. Jenny. All right, so um, I will be really, really honest with you guys. I had a really hard time like dialing in on this topic about LGBTQ community. Why do you think you did? You know what? I, I I thought about it for a while because I will not lie to you. I spent hours just looking up articles and reading about, you know, um, marriage equality and this, that and the other and the Equality Act. And I finally told Josh, I said, you know, I think it's because I'm a heterosexual and mm-hmm. I have not had any, you know, real life experience with this. Um, unlike the both of you. So um, but I do still think this conversation is, is super huge and it needs to be had, and I felt very ill-equipped to um, to facilitate that, but here I am anyway. And here you are. <laughs> this is your consciousness-raising day, Jen. Yes. And I tell you what, like the, the first episode that I was on, I felt very very compelled to, I don't know, think about what I was gonna say, and I, and I really did. I'm a little nervous that I'm gonna be so raw and vulnerable. I'm interested, I'm interested to hear what you're interested in, and we'll kind of just respond as openly and vulnerable as I can to you. Yes, and I think that's going to be the uh, the theme of the day, vulnerability and honesty. honesty yes, for that sure. would be helpful to all people. Two of my yes. least favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> but for today, I'll pretend. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being open, right? For our uh, on-the-road session. Yeah, so, um, okay. So, you know, one of the things I want to start out with is the fact that... Um, well, Nathan, the reason that, you know, obviously you're well-equipped to, to share in this uh, Are you about experience. to out me, Jenny? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, I am a gay man, listeners. I, this is okay. <laughs> All right. Gay man. The news is out. In Midwest town. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, and uh, Angie, you've definitely, you're an advocate and um, have been um, condemned and ostracized. I is have. that uh, safe to say? Yes, I have. Because of that. So, yeah. So, um, one of the things, though, that where we're going to start today is in the past 10 years, I think there's been just a, a huge shift, um, you know, in the acceptance of the LGBTQ community. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you do live in the Midwest, we don't necessarily see those shifts until many, many, many years later, many years sometimes. Uh, so, you know, Nathan, what has that been like in your experience? Yeah, uh, so I loving, lovingly joke about Evansville as being about 300 miles south and 30 years behind in Indianapolis. <laughs> um, you know, my, my husband and I, we've carved out a nice life for one another, um, but that's not to say that there aren't consistent challenges still to this day. 
Um, he and I uh, just not too too long ago celebrated our one year wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations! Thank you. Been together for uh, almost nine years, but married for about a year and a half. Um, and we actually got these these uh, these tattoos together. Um, so always good for a podcast. Yeah, it's it's three dots, three yes. little dots. Um, and the reason we did this starting starting gosh nine years ago and and, and the progress we've seen, um, but still to this day, if we're in a restaurant and we are unsure whether or not we're safe. To, to show any kind of affection. And obviously we're not PDA, we're not going over the top, but even something as small as holding holding one another's sure, hands, or sure. something as simple as saying, I love you. Um, he, uh, Justin is his name, he actually started it. He would either reach under the table or like tap his leg up against me and just three taps that's to say, do I? But George and I do tap, tap, tap as well and it's inside my wedding ring. And that's, oh. that's, that's our code, we, that's our, and yeah. And that's oh. what the three dots We are. were meant to meet we today. <laughs> That's so Me and Angie awesome. are running away together. Yes, this is we actually will. a conversion yeah. story. <laughs> um, you know, you bring people together, Jenny. Oh. Podcast over. Wow. Well, it's been a nice, nice show, everyone. That's so. just such a great story, but isn't it interesting yeah. that we both do that? And I haven't gone as far. I hadn't thought about the yeah. tattoo. But, but so, I mean, even in even in 2018, you know, that we still have to be hyper aware. Um, mm. Even even on our own. Um, even on our own street, we walk. We've got two golden retrievers who are my entire life. Uh, we walk them in the mornings and in the, in the evenings. And here we are. You know, we're on the the far, far west side of Evansville. Um, we've lived in that house for seven years, and so we've known these neighbors for seven years. And even after seven years, we'd never in a million years think of holding one another's hands on on that walk because of. The, the reaction we would get. Um, so has there been progress made? Of course there has, and I would never, ever, ever want to play the victim card, because it'd be so easy um, to, to walk around with that kind of moody rain cloud um, <laughs> mindset. But I mean, even things as simple as, um, you know, it's one of me and Justin's kind of favorite games we play. If we go out for a nice dinner, we could sit there and, you know, over multiple glasses of wine and sit there for three hours on end and just have a fabulous evening and then still have the waiter go, so is this uh, one check or two? Uh, right. Yeah. And you think for a moment if one of us was a female and the other was a male, like, would we get that question? No, obviously we are here on a date, but we still have to explain because heaven forbid an assumption is made or someone, you know, it has to come to terms with, with that within themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely still a factor. Okay. Um, you know, and then Angie, any thoughts on, on your end? Well, just listening to Nate's story and, and I've listened to many stories mm -hmm. and not so successfully people who have overcome a lot of the stigma and the fear as, as Nate and Justin have overcome. But when we started the, the congregation Fresh Air, one of the reasons that we celebrated all people, and certainly we, we were born out of a rift from a former church about who, who got to be a member, and it's, you know, all you gay people, not so fast, and they'd always been part of that congregation. So when we decided to stay together as a congregation, and we all needed a breath of fresh air, one of the things that we wanted to establish, but in a, in a natural way, is that when you came, you all could put your arms around each other. You could hold hands. You could have a place where you could just be yourself and celebrate your own life. And that, after six years, you know, that culture is, is happening. But still, it's the discomfort of our LGBTQ friends who still don't feel comfortable doing holding hands or putting in their arm even in in our when you know you're welcome it's just that conditioned social 
uh, enculturated taboo for you, and you've had to live with that. Uh-huh. I can observe it. My consciousness has been raised about it, but I, haven't, I can kiss my husband mm-hmm. anywhere I want to, right. and we can walk with our arms around each other. I don't think a thing about it. The fact that you have to think about it uh-huh. or care what your neighbors think really ticks me off. <laughs> yes. a, you Never know, ticking. The, <laughs> don't miss it. And it's 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 odd. Um, I certainly don't want to be up on a, on a soapbox and be, be preachy here no, for a second. Preach. But there's you know there's uh, the the cliches that you know. Um, I think sometimes within the heterosexual community, um, you think of well, someone someone's either out or they're or, or not out. Um, coming coming out is not a one time occurrence. It is it is a, a lifetime. It is daily. Well, it is moment well. by moment. Of every single time I walk into a new room, what's what's the atmosphere? Is that can I actually show who I really am, or do I need you know? Because I'm 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 also a middle-aged, middle-class white male. I can kind of hide behind that white straight privilege if I need to. It's it's invisible if it needs to be. Um, but I mean, every time I'm meeting a new coworker, if I'm hiring new staff, is you know, are, is is my staff going to struggle with having a gay boss? Is a coworker going to struggle with having a gay coworker? Is gosh, is is a potential donor or you know, is that something they're going to struggle with? It is a constant evaluation, moment by moment. And that's so. Thank you for sharing that because that is something that I, I don't know about anybody else here at the table. I I've never thought about that and it but I can see very much where that would be true so have there ever been situations though where you where you actually did hide behind being that white male yeah yeah um and I mean it's it's uh it doesn't feel great when I have to do it um I you know Jenny and I had kind of spoken briefly before we got ready to start this podcast um and obviously I want to be careful with keeping keeping things slightly separate um but I did just recently get um a large a large promotion within within the community and and had that promotion announced um and the the photograph that was used in in my announcement was a picture of of me and my husband and obviously when there's two males in the picture trying to identify who we're talking about within the promotion and so the original copy um said something along the lines of you know nathan and and husband um and had to reach out to our marketing department and say i would hate for that to be the definitive moment of this announcement. So here I am like at, at a pivotal moment in my career and still having to go, yes, it's true. And no, I'm not ashamed of it, but I would hate for anyone within the community to think that we as an organization are trying to make a statement. So please let just say Nathan's on the left. And again, and it's, it's small, but like I do feel like because I, I, I do have somewhat of a larger platform, I need to be able to use my voice and still trying to Figure. I, I don't necessarily have the answer of how to navigate that water, um, but it is something I'm constantly aware of and constantly trying to, to to navigate. That hurts my soul, though. It really hurts my soul that you had to think about that. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it doesn't feel great, but um, but I don't know. My my also my my approach to it too is that if um, I mean, yet here I am still on this podcast. Um, you know, yeah. and. Uh, in in a perfect world, if if I want others to be okay with it, I need to be okay with it myself. Um, and that you know, again, that's not necessarily flaunting it or anything going over the top. But if I truly want it to be roll off someone's back like it should, 
Mm. I, I need to be able to do, do the work required there myself. Sure, sure. So speaking of, you know, work that's been done, not, not just by yourself, but the nation in general, I mean, back in, was it, help me with my dates because I just taught a yoga class. So I had like yoga brain as well, <clears throat> 2016, when it was, became. Three lifetimes ago. Yeah. Oh, uh, when, when the, the, uh, the marriage equality decision came out. Ooh. No, it's been, let's I, say I performed a wedding right after that. Three years? I'll say, yeah. Uh, three years, maybe? 15? Possibly. I should know these things, and I've got it. I'm sure they're written down somewhere in my it, notes. It's recent, but yes, I've performed yeah. quite a few ceremonies since then, but I'd so, say. But I think it, you know, it, it kind of, for myself, and I can only speak for myself here, kind of lulled me into this sense of, oh, okay, well, now everything's good. Now, <laughs> now the people that I, that I you know, care about who, who just want to be married, now they can be married. And it's all good, and their life is going to be great now, and they're going to share benefits and and not be discriminated against. Um, and that's so not true. Like it, it boggles my mind that that is not true, and and it kind of hurts my heart. And like you were saying, you know, so what what has been your experience? You know, when you when you do have couples, Angie, come to you and and they ask you to marry them, does that come up, or is it? Because it's because it is legal now, it's not 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 an issue. Well, I'm going to perform several um, same-sex marriages, and having the reputation out in the community where people know, okay, where can we go? Who will marry us? Because usually if they come to me and they've been in another church, that church won't marry them, so they find mm -hmm. me. Because I will. I'm not, mm -hmm. not I'm not judging. You have every right to mess up marriage like all the heterosexuals <laughs> have. So <laughs> knock yourself out if yeah. that's really what you want to do. Just, but it's, it, 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 it you, the word is out now that I'm willing to do that without judgment or reservation. I don't care where you get married or what your reasoning is behind it. That's your choice. You're two grown-ups. You make that choice, and I celebrate that for you. But the fact that they've had to cast about to find someone, attend a church, sit in a pew, give your money, whatever, and yet, oh, this is as far as you can go. So there's a, a like the mental exercise you've got to go through all the time. Why am I attending this church? Mm -hmm and this church that won't support me in any way, there are lots of big questions that come out of that. Now, where, who am I as a spiritual person, and how do I want to play out my relationship, perhaps in a, a spiritual um, congregation that's going to welcome me and welcome my kids and welcome my whatever? So there are lots of questions that don't get asked, but you can just see it. People are so relieved. Oh, you will. You'll marry us. Wow. Absolutely. Do we need any marital counseling? You probably will. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Doesn't matter what your sexual idea. orientation is, but yeah, um, I'm not I'm not there to, to judge it, but to support it and celebrate it. And, and yeah. you're right, but it doesn't it doesn't make everything great. Yeah. And, and 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 two things, and I guess I'm going to kind of even con contradict myself because one one I don't I I think it's so easy, um, especially within the LGBTQ community, um, when when you see kind of um, representation in be it film or pop culture, um, it's the the tormented, the tortured gay soul. They're either the misunderstood mm -hmm. villain or it's the tragic love story. And so I don't I I would hate for this conversation to solely focus on on the on the negative. Um, I think it's something we definitely have to be aware of, especially within the Evansville faith-based community. Um, I mean, my my faith, uh, my, my relationship to, to religion is obviously very complicated because of, of my, my sexual
sexual identity. Um, but you know, there is a very prominent church within within the community that's that's flourishing in a downtown setting. Who, when the marriage equality uh, decision came down, um, it wasn't it wasn't an article linked to their blog. It wasn't kind of buried within uh, you know maybe the newsletter. It was on the homepage of their website of saying why this you know the. They, they want special treatment and this is against God's will and to see that organization in particular thrive is 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 kind mm-hmm. of frightening and disheartening so but, yes. not to like interject but yeah I, I I'm like who is it and if they're if they're bold enough to put it on the front page of their website then I think it's okay for us to say who it I is. mean I, 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 okay. I, I would rather not just I'm not Got I'm not here honestly because where where I was going with that. Uh, and again, Google. It's it's 2018. You can you can you can figure <laughs> it out. You can probably figure it out without without thinking about it too hard. Yeah. But that that being said, to sit around the table with someone like Angie and gosh, Kevin Kevin Fleming of uh, yes. First Presbyterian and the yes. work that you're doing. So yes, we might be 30 years behind Indianapolis, but to see little tiny Evansville have faith leaders come out and say not only not only are you accepted but we are actively pursuing and taking a stance of Mm -hmm. inclusion that's pretty incredible so yes we might be up against insurmountable odds but there are still people out fighting the good fight so there there is still hope and there, there really is, and there are a lot more voices than you probably even know about. Kevin Fleming, of course, famously stepping away from the role of Potter's Wheel because mm-hmm. the young man who was a, a great success as a, a leader down there uh, came out as gay in his church, completely pulled their services, and kept Kevin stepped back. So these are the kinds of things that have to happen. Roberta Meyer at uh, yeah. Grace and Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many people who are standing, and on, on June 21st, we will have a huge pride celebration at Fresh Air, Grace and Peace. The New Chapel people will be joining us. Bridge will be joining us. The Rainbow Catholics will be joining us. So it's a, a one-stop shop for everybody to come in, and and, and many will come with fear and trepidation, mm-hmm. as you expressed, Nate, to come in the door and go, is this true? Because we've been invited to church before, and you get in the door, and they go, we accept you, but we're going to fix you. Yes, you're welcome, and then we're going to you're welcome for us to fix you. But there's still something wrong. So, and I see that, and I get that, and I have several couples that I talk to and work with that want to be part of a faith-based organization, but the terror, and it's Mm -hmm. terror, of am I going to get myself into some kind of emotional upheaval again? I've trusted and you can't trust mm-hmm. again. And so we just have to say the door is always open whenever you're ready. Or you don't even have to come. If you need a, a community, we're there for you mm-hmm. through the vicissitudes of life. So they're there, Nate, and uh, vocal. But the other side of it is probably most of the people who go to the church you referenced have never asked. Right. They just go, they love right. the music, they get their Jesus Trendy. on, and they never ask, mm-hmm. what is what is our church stance on homosexuality, the leadership of women, African Americans uh, in service, yep. you name it, yep. and they don't ask. And then when they're Preach. confronted with it, <laughs> they go, well, I just go because I like the music or I think it's a great worship service. And I'm sitting here silently knowing now, now you know, mm-hmm. that they're homophobes or they're racist or they're... Uh, Sexist, but you know that band is so good, and you know I like the people I sit around, and and so here's the state of the pew. I'm sitting in the midst of that which I do not agree, exactly. and yet here I am because what what's next is I'm going to call you, pastor, on it. I'm going to call you, choir director, on it, and or I'm going to walk away and find some place mm-hmm. that I can 
be welcome. And those are big steps, and I get it. I get it that it's hard for a lot of people because they do like they do like the praise band, but you know. Yeah. But I, but Jean, again, I, who who knew? Man, I never get to play the the hopeful hopeful voice. <laughs> like I'm almost always the sarcastic kind of jerk in these conversations. Um, but 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 Jean, you are, but not today. Oh, good, not today. Good, yeah. Good. Um, but I, I, you know, change change is is possible, and I, I, for as cliche and corny as that sounds. Um, coming out was actually probably one of the best things that's ever happened to um, to me and at my, my, my dad's relationship actually and it's not we, we still we have a very complicated relationship it's still not great um, but I would say there's at least a relationship there now to be complicated um, that would have never existed before I came out um, it was a shock to me when I, he was he was the, the first person I told um, I was on Ambien at the time, so there were extenuating circumstances. <laughs> wasn't in complete clear-headed space. Um, but that being said, um, you know, he, for my entire life, has been almost comically conservative. Um, and now that's that is the first question he asks when they, you know, they they've moved around quite a few times. They were in Virginia for a spell. They've been in Ohio. They're now down in Florida. And as they're looking for a church home he schedules a one-on-one to ask that question immediately. And wow. if, if the, the pastor or whoever gives an answer that he has a problem with, they will they will not go back. Um, so again, not that me and my dad have a great relationship or a perfect relationship, but again, feels pretty pretty incredible that he's willing to kind of put himself out there. And his consciousness has been raised, and now yeah. he can't go. And once you know, Absolutely. you really can't unknow. Absolutely. And then you have to make those decisions based on, now that I have this knowledge and I have this experience and I see... What am I going to do with it? I can be silent. I can pretend like I can go back or I can do something about right. it. And that takes some moral courage for people. So not, not to stay, I want to stay on the, the, the church and the religious part of it um, for, for just a, uh, another moment. Um, you know, I had heard somewhere, and I don't know, it may have even been from you, Angie, that, you know, religious leaders who... Uh, constantly, you know, reference the Bible and why and all of the passages that are in it that, you know, condemn homosexuality. And, and really, there's only like, what, six? And even then, it's hard to know exactly what they were talking about. For one yeah. thing, if the Deuteronomic Code and all those codes, when they were finally written down, maybe 7th century BCE, what was actually, the questions are what were, was actually in play and why were they there? And if so, the idea is that there's an order to things, then this is the natural order, you know, that male and female sheep have babies, so that increases my tribe. Male and female humans have babies, that increases my tribe. And that's, it's more logical than less judgmental. And, and, and of course, there's the question of prostitutes and temples and in the other countries and so all of that is is out there but the bigger question for me is all right let's just pretend for a minute that uh, Nate and Justin were in mind when the people wrote the Deuteronomic code which I'm guaranteeing you they didn't but let's just you know humor them why do you care what somebody said 8,000 years ago because you don't care about eating shrimp, because that's in there too. You don't care about this little top you've got on that's mixed fiber. You know, we need to stone you. Oh. Not too sure. It's on the agenda. The, uh, it's on the okay. agenda, stoning you. Uh, uh, you know, if, you're, if, if my dad planted two kinds of seed in the field, need to get rid of him. Nobody ever brings that up and it's this in the same list. And that's why I spend all my time with my palm planted on my, my forehead going, oh, people, think. Why does this? Why does this matter to you? Yes. 
It doesn't matter. None of the rest of it matters to you. So why does this matter to you? Because you have a prejudice about something that makes you feel uncomfortable and you don't want to examine it and come out the other side. And now I'm not like a theologian, but correct me if I'm wrong here, it's not even mentioned once in the New Testament, correct? With, yeah. Within the, the, the Christian faith. Right. Well, Paul's talking about, you know, people who seem to be uh, homosexuals. What he's probably really talking about is an ad hoc situation where there are temple prostitutes and men are using, he's really talking about the, the exploitation of another person. Mm-hmm. And this is how they all go to temples and use the prostitutes who are there. And he didn't want that to happen because it's not good for humanity in general. But even if Paul was talking about Nate and Justin, why do you care? Paul is not Jesus. He's a, you know, was an interesting guy, a little bit of a kook, but he's not Jesus. <laughs> and if you would like for me to give you the speech that Jesus made about homosexuality, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> She just did. No. <laughs> Not a word. Not a word. Not a word. And plus, the word homosexuality wasn't even coined until like the 18th century. So it's a new word. What does it mean? What did that mean? And why do you contain people and want to control them because of something somebody said 6,000, 8,000, 2,000 years ago? That doesn't make a lick of sense. We don't go to the temple and sacrifice stuff. Even the Jews don't do that. We don't, we don't worry about you know, how many miles you walked on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Because we don't even worship on the Sabbath. We really don't at Fresh Air. We're on Thursday nights. We're really <laughs> But people take these rules and lift them out so that they can apply them to you, Nate, and to other people. And that's just, it's wrong. And it, you can't make it right. And get and God's probably saying, get off my side, all you people. <laughs> quit, quit using my name to marginalize other people. Yes. <laughs> if, if God is the God of all, then God's the God of all. Mm-hmm. You either believe it or you don't, in my in my opinion. So, um, well, thank you. I'm sorry, I got a little carried away. No, <laughs> I, 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 I can like sense it. You the taking us to church. I'm weary yeah. of this. Com- I mean, I'm it just so weary of this of the willful ignorance of Absolutely. people to feel good about this name calling and marginalization of fabulous people, mm-hmm. and it really it just it hurts my soul. Yeah, and not to be cliche, but it it, it is their loss. I mean, think of all the wonderful things you miss out on just because of your prejudices and and whatnot. Um, So, yeah. So, Nathan, Mm -hmm. you you said something earlier that, you know, how how change is possible and and just uh, us sitting here talking about, you know, all these little acts are are creating change. Um, And, you know, I, I wanted to talk about how I wonder if us being, you know, the age that we are and the generation that we are, um, you know, and being and having this awareness of what's going on in the community and the nation, uh, if, if we are maybe not, I don't want to say over overblowing things, but at the same time, you know, maybe, maybe we don't have to worry about it so much because of things that I've heard from, you know, my daughter who's 14. I would, I would push back on that slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I think I even actually said something similar to this in, in the episode that I was on earlier of, of when we were talking about why everyone's so angry is the I feel like the idea of any any community, any society being on um, you know the right or the wrong side of history is is, is a privileged statement. Uh, I think progress requires ceaseless, 
effort. Um, And so the second we get complacent into, oh, well, it's not nearly as bad as it was, is the second that we start to backslide. Um, this is this this might be kind of an odd odd way of explaining it, um, but just kind of kind of my own journey. Um, so when when is when is this episode going to go go up? By the way, uh, it, the in, it, first week in June. So there you go. It'll be Friday it'll be Pride Pride Month. Pride. So happy Pride, everybody. Yes, happy Pride. Um, but I so Pride um, is something I really struggled with um, for for the longest time. Um, and this this was prior to, to me having gone to a Pride event. I viewed what, I, I guess, maybe the stereotypical aspect of it as, that that's not reflective of who I am. That's the, I should be ashamed of that. I'm not, you know, I'm not one that wears rainbow feather boas and body glitter and or, or leather or, I, I don't know, or drag queen. You, you rattle off all the, the kind of the gay stereotypes. Um, and then I went to my first Pride event and realized just how ignorant and foolish I was that it's it is those individuals be it from generations previous or within the community now that are willing to put themselves out there that are willing to kind of I don't even want to say over the top because for them it's not it's not that's who they are for them it's their expression and should be respected and honored but it is those individuals that allow me the space to just be Nate and me just being Nate like me being the fact that I don't lead with being gay. I think there's there are more interesting aspects about my personality, but my being gay has is absolutely the lens through which I view the entire world through my my, my entire experience. Um, but the fact that it does get to be a subset of who I am is only because of the individuals who've carved the path before me. Um, so has my path been slightly easier? Without a doubt, absolutely, and I'm and I honor and respect that. And hopefully, for for your daughters, you know, I've, I'm helping to carve a path where it's even easier. Yes. But I, again, I, I don't think we get to say, well, the the generation up next, you know, they they don't care anything about it. So, you know, marriage equality is legal now, so our work is done. Everything's fine. <laughs> right. You know, we don't we don't get to do that either. Well, and I don't and don't and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think I was trying to um, say that. You know, now we can stop because they're, right. they're good. They're right. good. But it, it does, it, it makes me very thankful and hopeful be, to see that this generation that's coming up, like this is, it's, I don't want to say it's not a big deal, but you know, mm-hmm. they have the LGBT kids in their school and they're just like, yeah, they're just kids, just like anybody else. They're yeah. my friends and why is it, why is it a big deal? So I think it's awesome because what we, what has been done, that whole trail that's been blazed, it is it is creating it is causing an effect so and i guess you know and there this is a very fraught even way of of looking at it but when i think you kind of you contextualize and compare it to some of the other fights um you know the 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 civil civil rights discussion and be it be it progress for women progress for people of color um, I think you can draw a lot of similarities yes. um, for for that fight for equal justice. Um, and here, you know, we we had an African American president. It would be very easy to say, "Oh, look at how far America has come! <laughs> wow, racism is over!" And and, and boy, uh, oh boy, honk. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, open Twitter and um, yeah, yes. get reminded real quick. Wow. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. So you know, but speaking of speaking of the youth. 
you are a frequent speaker with Tri-State Alliance. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell us about Tri-State Alliance in general and about your, your experiences. Yeah, well, um, hop, happy belated birthday to, to Wally. He's the yes. executive director. We share the same birthday. Yeah. Oh, happy belated yes, birthday Yes, Wally and I share the same birthday. Thank you. Thank um, you. But yeah, um, honestly, I, I'm not even, I, I, I feel bad. I don't, don't even remember exactly how I quite got plugged in. Um, and again, you, you're hearing me start to stutter and stumble over my words now. <laughs> well, because I do, I struggle thinking that my journey has any weight that I, I don't know what I'm doing. I am faking it until I make it, and I, I, my faking it has worked so far. Um, so to so to talk to you know LGBTQ kids and teens and youth is scary. You know, I don't want to tell them that my approach is going to work for them um but at the same time i didn't know a single other gay person when i was a teen Mm -hmm. or in high school it was it was a secret that i had to protect to quite literally to the death you know in in some situations um so the, the fact that these teens have a space in some of the hardest years, junior high and high school, to come together and to talk about their struggles, but also to not talk about their struggles. To have being gay and being different just be secondary yeah. for a while. And they, you know they do things like going to have pizza and going to watch movies and play video games and go putt-putt and just be and commune together, I think is is huge. Um, but then it does, it kind of increased the pressure on me to say, okay, you do have your stuff together, you are a young professional who is also gay, use your platform, show that it's possible. Right. You know, um, LGBTQ youth, you see tremendous rates of suicide and mental health issues, and to be able to say, you can do this, and I did this, it's gonna be okay for you. I don't, I don't have a lot of openly gay men who are professionals that I can say, that's who I want to be. I mean, what? Anderson Cooper is probably my... (laughs) my, Not that I don't want to be Anderson Cooper, um, but there there aren't a ton of gay professional role models out there. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Well, and I think as far as we've come and so much further to go, you still have the initial family of origin time moment when you your parents have this beautiful blue-eyed baby boy Mm -hmm. or girl and they have uh, expectations of what this child will be regardless of their race but so then either you realize it because you're a parent you go okay I see some things here that's still going to be there no matter how open-minded and liberal we become or free-thinking we become there's still that family of origin moment and some parents are going to do it great and say, great, I love it. So they're, they're gay, they're blue-eyed, they're left-handed, and they're gay. Well, how wonderful. But there's still going to be those parents, grandparents, family members of the parents who are going to ha- have that struggle. So that struggle then translates and transfers to the child. So whatever good is happening, and, and there are lots of good things, there's still that that has to be worked on generationally to say, can you accept and will you accept before you have a child, any child that yeah. comes and love that child and help that child flourish and thrive as a human being and a parent before you decide to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, and even to expand, that, that exists within the gay community as well. You know, Justin and I fully plan on adopting a child and 
you know, obviously we have no say over whether that child winds up being gay, straight, trans, you name it, fill in the blank there. But then that fear of, okay, well, if our child is gay, we don't care, obviously, cool, great, but what is everyone else going to say? You made made the gay, made him gay or made her gay. Yep, that child is gay and isn't that everything they've always wanted, they got another one. Or like wow. it, all of that implies, and it, do, do it we does. care? No, but you know that that's a question, or you're gonna have even someone being brave enough to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Now, were you okay when that child came out? Like, yeah, yeah, of course we were. We had it had nothing to do with us. <laughs> I'm like sitting here dumbfounded, like seriously, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god, oh yeah. Uh, People are not very kind sometimes and wise either. But yeah, I hear that and you do it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's contagious. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's part of our agenda. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, you have that gay you agenda. Do. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. On Sundays, <laughs> we convert people. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Yeah. Today yeah. is Sunday. Well. Yeah. well, I mean, again, I already converted Angie. Yes, so that's right. We're that's good. right. I'm good. I'm good. Got my rainbow. I'm ready to go. Oh, my gosh. So, how, how do we. How do we how does that change? I mean, it, it, it just a time, time over time, to get people more aware, to educate, to to advocate. How do we change that story? I don't know if I don't know if necessarily change is the right way to look at it, um, because again, let's let's go back to the civil rights discussion. You know, racism is never going to go away. I mean, it, it's, it is structural, it is institutional. This is, you know, the human race, the human brain operates on a binary system. We want to, you know, even in childhood development, you categorize things, you put, you know, round things with round things and square things and yellow things, you know. And so that that's always going to be a fight. But I think the more, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying this well, but I think the more empathy we can generate. I mean, that that's that that's my goal. That that's the change I want to inspire. That if I, you know, am am a kind, loving human, that shows being gay isn't predatory. It isn't something to be afraid of, and it's okay if you don't quite fully understand it or have have questions. I'm willing to have those conversations, and hopefully, that inspires. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, that has ripple effects. Uh, I don't. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but like one of one of my favorite favorite moments. And Jenny, I'll let you kind of take the lead on it. <laughs> one of my favorite moments from well from the wedding was was Josh's Josh's response. Oh, yeah. uh, to to me and Justin's wedding video. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jeff, if you want to kind of like yeah, put some I, I would absolutely there. share with it. So uh, let me give you. I want to give you a little bit of a background first to kind of set it up a little bit. So um, you know, I was I was a theater major in college, and so I mean just. Not to be. That was awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a theater major too, Jenny. So I know what you're trying not to say. Yes. 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 Um, Josh too. and I, over the years, have had very many um, gay and lesbian friends, and some of our very, very dear, dear friends of ours. Um, and uh, so it, it's not like but he was. He's. He was raised very. You know, he's a redneck, to be quite frank. Um, but. And he's always loved Nathan and, jo- and Justin. And uh, when we went to the wedding, he said, you know what? I get it. I finally get it. And it always makes me want to, like, tear up because whenever, you know, like, and he truly does. Like, he gets it. Like, love is love. Yeah. You know? 
But he had to have that moment. There was something there that crystallized for him. Oh, I see. And that's, I think, our hope is that there are going to be more of those kind of moments that yes. said, there's another way to look at this, or there's yeah. another way to feel about this, there's another way to talk about this. And the work will always be out there to do because different from me is just different. Right. You know, whatever my if it's denomination or if it's sexual orientation or politics or the do you live on the west side or the east side <laughs> or what kind of horrible people mm -hmm. are you over there uh you're right there we have this compartmentalization of people and then and to then override all of that our natural brain to make differences to go i celebrate that difference and i love that that's so interesting and what one shout out shout out to my friend alan who made the video maybe maybe i'll send it to you and you can Put it up when you put the episode yeah, up or something, so you guys awesome. can get to see this. Um, but obviously, uh, it was it was me and Justin's wedding. We didn't we, we weren't setting out to change people's minds. Quite frankly, we didn't care what anyone thought. Like this was this was our day. This was about us. And the fact that Josh wasn't the only person. Like we were um, you. I think it, well, it may not have been you. The, the best piece of advice that we got uh, during during the wedding planning process was keep in mind this is not a, this is not a family reunion. This is your wedding. So we, it was teeny tiny. We had 60 people there, and we were very, very selective of who we just couldn't imagine our day without. Um, so the people that were already there were people that meant something to us, and the fact that we still had two or three voices at the end of it come up, tears in their eyes. These are like macho, good old boys mm -hmm. crying, saying, I had, I had no idea. And, and, and again, I get it now. And it like the way you two love one another is what we should all not that not that me and Justin are perfect, mm -hmm. but that it that that love is truly just love. And for as cliche as that might sound, it is truly as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And all of the the stickiness and confusion just it doesn't matter when it's boiled down to just love. So yeah. Yay. Aww. Okay. So, what? What are, I mean, I can't believe how quickly these go, um, but <laughs> what are some, some takeaways? You know, what are, what do you want to leave the, the listeners with? Some little nugget, like, you know, again, how can we go out in the community and be advocates or, you know, what can we do? Be nice. <laughs> just just be nice. Uh, I, I, I don't want to share yeah, I don't know, I feel like I've talked a lot this episode, so hopefully it's not too annoying. Um, uh, one of one of the earliest memories I have um, was we were at a Bob Evans. It was long before we moved to Evansville. I don't know if they were drag queens. I don't know if they were trans. All I know, they, they were it was two individuals clearly presenting as female. And my parents made a scene. They, we had to switch sides of the restaurant. The manager was involved. It was a scene. I didn't know what being gay meant. I didn't know what being trans meant. I didn't know, maybe they weren't even presenting as female. Maybe it was just two individuals wearing wigs. I don't know. What I knew though, was that my parents were being mean. Hmm. And I remember that conversation more than anything of like, mom and dad, what, what are you, you're being mean right now. Like what you're doing is not nice. Strip away everything else. Just don't be a jerk. <laughs> and everything else will kind of fall in line. Yes, yeah. yes. So yes. Great. Start, start there. That's, that's a really easy starting spot. 
Well, and I think for from my perspective, we have to, for those of us who are on this life journey and we want the world to be a better place and we want a better work environment for all people and we want a better society for all people and we want a better home life for all people, then we have to never be silent. Yeah. You can oh, always yes. tell the truth in love mm-hmm. and keep on telling the truth in love and having those conversations that change people so they have that aha moment and go, I never thought about it that way. I never, I never looked at it that way. The more we interact with each other, the more exchanges we have, or the more business we do, the more uh, proms we go to, the more churches we find welcome, the more people we interact with. It's broadening. It's like travel. Travel broadens you. It right. educates you. And this is sort of this compassionate human journey around the sun that says we have to always keep the conversation open. Always. And, and I, the, the, the concept or the, the suggestion of never staying silent, um, one, I mean, it, this, this might be fraught to say, like, straight people don't, don't, view, don't view the gay community as, as victims that need to be fought for. Right. You know, we, right. we can fight for ourselves. Let right. us yes. take the lead. Yes. But that being said, if you see something being done, big ways or small ways, even, even if you're not confident enough to maybe step in in that moment, cycle back and say, hey, I noticed this. Are you okay? And I just want you to know, I'm like, that that, that wasn't okay. Even something as small as that would mean the world to these marginalized communities. Um, So yeah, speak up. I, something I always on almost all my social media posts, if I'm trying to try trying to inspire, I always end with speak louder, love harder. Um, so yeah, speak louder, love harder. I love it. I love that. So Angie, can you give us one more one more plug for your event on the twenty first? I'm just so excited. Wally Painter, uh, Tri State Alliance, and the Rainbow Catholics won a day a church community that was already in place as welcoming and affirming and asked if we would host this service and of course I said yes and it's just grown now the Grace and Peace folks are on board and our Friends from Bridge which is an organization that celebrates diversity in our community Uh, Keith Turner from New Chapel and those folks will be there and it's just sort of blossoming into this wonderful evening of love and spirituality wherever you are on that spiritual spectrum that didn't matter nobody cares about you like in our version of the Bible that's not even on the table it's just here is this safe place that you can work out your spiritual journey and there's no judgment no judgment zone at all nobody's trying to fix you everybody's welcome to be who they are and I'm excited about it. so that's June 21st 630 200 South Bakey Road you can go to the Fresh Air Facebook page Fresh Air Community of Faith and uh, see the Rest and Girls Tri-State Alliance has uh, a web page about it too. Yeah. And I mean, hey, even June June first, first Fridays, come out, come That's out, right. have a drink and celebrate and celebrate Pride in Evansville. The whole entire first Friday, uh, this this coming Friday nice. actually yes. is is going to be a Pride celebration. So again, I th- the fact that we're able to rattle off two pretty large yeah. Pride celebrations in little teeny tiny Evansville, like the get deal. it, Evansville, growing up. So Aww. proud of you. Not so far away anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. There is not much more I can conclude with. I think they said it best. I hope your consciousness, like mine, has been raised even more. Like it was said, 
the LGBTQ community isn't full of people who play the victim or who need to be rescued. They have done a wonderful job speaking up and advocating on their own behalves. But the things that still go on today to segregate, shame, or disqualify them are unacceptable. You know, one thing that Nate says, and it definitely is fitting here, is you take up space, you matter. And everyone, regardless of who you are, wants to know this and deserves to hear it. So get out there, speak up, and be nice. So thank you for joining us for another episode. And until next time, keep your ears and minds open and your hearts and words kind. And keep having courageous conversations. 